Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. Come on, we end on a statement tonight, a prophetic statement. I will defend this holy ground. I will defend my faith. Come on, the Bible says your faith is more precious than gold. Your faith is more precious than gold and silver than money, than everything this world has to offer you in Jesus' name. That is why we do not roll over. That is why we do not give up. That is why we do not quit because we are called at this time to stand between the living and the dead and we are called to defend our faith and we are called to defend the holy ground. We are called to stand for the church of Jesus Christ. Come on, if that is you tonight, give the Lord one more praise offering in this place. Hallelujah! Praise praise God of this spot. Praise God tonight's urgent hour. I am very optimistic. You know, people uh, send messages and they say, hey, Pastor, chill. No, it's not time to chill. I'll go chill in Hawaii or Mauritius or somewhere else five years from now. Until this battle is won, it's not time for anybody to chill, okay? And for those of you always that say, the battle is the Lord's. I agree, but read it in context. Jehoshaphat still had to show up, had to man up, had to position himself, had to show up, had to pray up, had to speak up, had to praise up, had to show up on the battleground for God to intervene. So Christians at this hour in our nation on Faith TV, I know that Dr. Andre and Jenny, you get it, you're very outspoken on what is trying to happen in South Africa. We welcome you tonight. Praise TV, Facebook Live, YouTube, CRS Online, radio stations, people all over the world. Give them a warm welcome. We don't have a lot of time. And we have a lot of ground to cover. Look at the person next to you and say, I am for you. No, not just for your wife. We know that should be like that, please. Say, we're on the same side. Amen. Whether you are young, whether you are old, whether you are of a different skin color, pigmentation, no matter your race, no matter your culture, we are the church of Jesus Christ. Whether you are vaccinated, whether you are unvaccinated, it matters not. The church of Jesus is a house of worship and everybody is welcome. And as I shared this morning, if you weren't in church or watched on social media, you better watch the message this morning and go sign the petition. How many of you went actually online and signed the petition? And remember, don't lie, because only Satan is a liar. And the rest of you, what's wrong with you? Why are you even breathing? Suppose I didn't get you to get insulted. So what, what's up? Because your passivity will cost us. On that cheerful note, take your seats. Thank you. It's not time to play games. It's not time for kumbaya Christianity. It's not time for self-absorbed Christianity. It's not time for um, entitlement Christianity. 
I said it in Johannesburg this morning and young people need to hear me. And it's a question. What shadow are you casting on others? What is the footprint that you are leaving for others to follow? Oh, I know you have a fingerprint on social media, but I think we all have had enough of social media. We need Christians to stand up, Christians to show up, Christians to man up, Christians to take responsibility, Christians to fight for their brothers and their sisters, Christians who will fight, oh come on, who will fight for their sons and their daughters, Christians who will understand the urgency of the hour, who will understand that enough is enough, that this lockdown is over and that although the state of disaster is being lifted, we oppose the proposal that the Department of Health will have total draconian powers to control the people of South Africa. It's happening nowhere else in the world. And I wonder why it's happening in South Africa. Because who visited you lately? Who? Mm -hmm. Who? <laughs> Flew into South Africa and had meetings with our government. We're not an experiment. Come on, say amen and give the Lord a praise. I know we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we have to understand that future generations are at stake. The future of your faith. Your children that are not even born. Uh, uh, you know, I, I thank God that in one of the websites already 200,000 people signed a petition. And if we all do our job and not sit passively and say, well, the battle is the Lord's. Well, then let me say this to you, Miss Passive. My God shall supply all my need. So stop working. So just go sit at home and quote scripture out of context. Amen. So when the enemy comes in, the Bible says like a flood, the Spirit will lift up a stand against him. Matthew chapter 16 verse 18, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. You study the Bible, you see how he builds his church. When he ascended into the heavens, he gave authority to his apostles and to his church. So we have the keys, not God. So don't tell me God is in control if you are passive. Tell me God is in control if you are a prayer and you are a player and you are an engager and you are a praiser and you are a preacher and you are doing what you can if you are light in the midst of darkness. But don't misquote Scripture. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of hearing people saying, well, the battle is the Lord's. Yes, and He fought that battle 2,000 years ago for you and me. We now need to take our responsibility. I wonder what would have happened if the early church took that approach. Well, the battle is the Lord's. And persecution broke out and they were killed. They were slaughtered. They were uh, crucified. They were burned. They were sawn into, boiled in hot oil and they preached the gospel. None of them had this passive mindset. Well, sit back. God is in control. Well, then take that approach in your business and don't put your foot back in your business. Don't engage in another conversation with anybody in business 
and let's see how God meets your needs. Do I have your attention? Some of you. Amen. Open your Bibles with me tonight, wherever you want to. Um, but I'm going to Judges chapter 2 and I'll be short. And I continue to ask the question, what generation is arising? Who are the people that will take the baton? If God placed the responsibility of His kingdom in your hands, what would the future look like? If everybody prayed like you, if everybody worshipped like you, if everybody gave like you, if everybody brought their friends to church like you, what would the future of Christianity look like? I think the days of abdication, as my mother always taught me, of Afrikaner, is over. I think the time of sitting and watching Christianity is over. I think we've all had enough of it. And if you're not sick to your stomach with sitting and watching a television screen, I don't know what's up with you, my brother. Some of you are still watching and thinking it's better at home. No, no, no. You have to get up on a Sunday. You have to dress up on a Sunday and you have to show up in a Sunday in the church where God has planted you. Shout amen, come on. The church is one generation away from failure. We all stand on the sacrifice of previous generations, but history teaches us there were times where the church got lost and God had to almost restart His agenda on planet Earth. Now, when you travel the world as I do or did, and you get to Europe and you see how many of those beautiful buildings are now turned into discos and warehouses and places where people sell anything, it's sad. Because Europe was a place of revival and if you look at the early mission trips of Paul and the early church, there's not even a fingerprint left of what God did. Somehow we think that everything is gonna be okay if we just sit and do nothing, it's not the case. If good men say and do nothing, evil will prevail. We have to stand up, listen. We have to arise and shine. We have to become the church of Jesus Christ, unapologetic. We have to be the salt and we have to be the light of Jesus Christ in our world. Come on. It's an urgent hour for every one of us. I'm not 27 like you. I can outlive this government any day because we fought war where there were real bullets. We don't get intimidated by politicians. I don't say it arrogantly, I say it factually. We respect them, but they don't intimidate us. But, but, but most people, men, who call themselves men, male by birth, man by choice, in the church, not yeah, has to go through an x-ray machine to see if there's still a spine. Because they're not willing to stand for anything. They're not willing to stand for faith, righteousness, justice. Somehow they are caught up in the self-centered, self-absorbed lifestyle 
that they call Christianity, which is nowhere in the Bible. We're on this course primarily to secure the welfare of God's kingdom for no other reason. Don't think Jesus hasn't come back because you're not married yet. I'm sorry. Don't think Jesus hasn't come back because your dream has not been fulfilled. Because you don't have the car that you think you should have. I don't think Jesus, although He'll take care of your need, is interested in the material and the political issues of this day. As a matter of fact, if you study the Word of God, you will see God is the most focused individual in the universe. And there is one thing God is focused upon and that is His Kingdom and the welfare of His Kingdom. And Jesus will return for His Kingdom not an ANC kingdom, not a democratic kingdom, not a republican kingdom, not any political party kingdom. He will come back for His kingdom where He is King of kings and Lord of lords. And that means the church of Jesus Christ will be at the centre. The church of Jesus Christ will be stronger, but it's not gonna happen automatically. We as Christians have to get it, and we as Christians as Christians have to arise and shine at this hour and say, enough is enough. We will defend this holy ground. Oh, come on, give the Lord a praise while I take a sip. I read it this morning that those certain of those Jews had to say the same thing 10 times. I, I, I'm, I'm like a stuck record um, in Zoom meetings with pastors, denominational leaders saying the same thing during COVID, etc. And I said, if we don't stand now, you don't realize the impact of this legislation when it's passed. You better go read it because it's going to impact you and your children severely. But let's talk about this generation that is rising. The generation I always say is the greatest generation alive on planet Earth. I, I, I wanted you to praise yourself because here it comes. Bet you have a lot of you have a lot to learn. You're a lot of you have a lot of growing up to do. You're a lot of maturing. You have to learn about sacrifice, loyalty. Discipline, responsibility. You can be the greatest human being with the most potential and never fulfill it. The graveyard is a place where there is so much unfulfilled potential buried because those people never took responsibility. And if your mama always paid the bills, one day you're gonna pay the bills. And if certain leaders are always fighting the battle and you do not engage the battle, as I said this morning in Johannesburg, sometimes you don't choose the battle, the battle chooses you. Sometimes you don't engage in a battle because you want to, you engage in a battle for the sake of your brother, for the sake of your sister, for the sake of the younger generation. This is not my battle to fight, but it's a battle I choose. I'll say it again, this is not my battle to fight. It is a battle I choose to fight for you and for your children, for your sons and for your daughters, 
for those that have not even opened your womb yet, we choose to fight this battle. But you, the called greatest generation on planet earth, have to wake up and you have to begin to live this Christian life radically as we did as young people. Not one foot in the world and one foot in the church. Not clubbing on a Friday night and worshiping on a Sunday. Huh? So um, if this health department gets control, may the first thing they do is take away the tree of life for many of you, which is ganja, marijuana. This law that the president just passed that you can now grow your marijuana and you can sell it. May that be the first thing that goes. But may the church be left untouched. And may the suggested discrimination against the unvaccinated not happen because we will not tolerate it and we will not stand for it. We will ask nobody for a vaccine certificate to enter a place of worship. Every religious leader made it clear in consulting with the Deputy President that this is not okay and we will not treat the unvaccinated as lepers. It's not happening. Amen. So I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Some of you want me to be an anti-vaxxer. I'm sorry for you. I'm not anti-anything. I'm pro the gospel of Jesus Christ. And um, the church is a place where everybody is welcome. And I don't think you've ever come to church and sat next to anybody and asked them, have you been vaccinated? I don't think you've done business with anybody and took their money and asked them, have you been vaccinated? So wrong is wrong. estimated seven, between seven and 10 million HIV positive people in South Africa. And as a matter of fact, and I have to say these things, it's not your typical Sunday sermon, but we have to understand, it's the church who fought that pandemic. And it's the church that told the government to protect the dignity of the people that have HIV. So that they will not be labeled as lepers and outcasts of society. Never ever has any HIV positive person been required to prove a vaccination or, or a certificate before getting employed. I wonder when you sleep with that girl with unprotected sex outside of marriage, whether you have your vaccination, whether you have your HIV certificate and say to her, hey girl, if you sleep with me, you're putting your life at risk. We protect those people's dignity, and I don't mean that in any mean uh, derogatory, I'm saying if we protected the people of South Africa and we remove the shame from people in South Africa, how can we allow people who have our conscientious objectors or have a belief objection to vaccination, how can we allow those people to be labeled as lepers today? We cannot and we will not, we will stand for our brothers and our sisters and for the house of God. And like Jesus Christ, we will allow the leper, we will allow anybody to come to the house of God. Oh, come on, stand to your feet and say Amen and give the Lord a praise, hallelujah.
I mean, the death toll sometimes are zero. One, it's not a pandemic, it's over. I, I, I have to correct myself in Johannesburg. I thought I, I created a new English word this morning. I said vaccinologists. Well, maybe they will now get it and actually go put it in the dictionary. It's actually a very smart word, by the way. Virologists. <laughs> but our president admitted that 80% of people have reached immunity and have protection. Professor of the Wits University of the Department of Vaccinology I have to amuse you. Has ag agreed with virologists that 80 to 85% of our people have immunity. So, 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 so what is this that is being pr proposed that the government will have an arm that can control without accountability to parliament without accountability to the judiciary system, that they will have so much power, you must read it, that if they suspect you have a disease, they can show up at your home, they can arrest you, put you in a hospital for two days and see if there's anything wrong with you. That's the legislation proposed. That if you violate their protocol, you can get a, a jail sentence of 10 years. There's not even a rapist that goes to jail for 10 years. There's not even a child molester that goes to jail for 10 years. Why this? Because I'll tell you, it is the spirit of the Antichrist that comes in the guise of peace and safety. We will make your world a better place. And we say, no, we have our Saviour. We have our Deliverer. We have our Redeemer. We have our faith and we are not willing to bow. So I'm not in rebellion. I'm in response to the invitation by our Honourable President to say he wants public participation. I'm doing it as public as I can because after 11 private consultations and our government never listening to one thing religious leaders suggested, we now have to take this route publicly to say, Excuse me, Mr. President, you say you consulted with religious leaders and every religious leader told you unequivocally that we will not accept the fact that people who come to church has to produce a vaccine certificate. The small churches, the large churches, every denomination, every faith in South Africa, the Muslims, the Jews, everybody said to the President, no, no, no. So, if they then respect the church as they did with the HIV pandemic, respect our voice as we are called to respect your voice or we are forced to move, listen, into civil disobedience, which I'll prove to you from the Genesis to Revelation. And then don't give me Romans 13 because I'm going to bury you with Romans 13. Doctrinally. Because Romans 13 misunderstood, kept the church in this lockdown. Pastors who fought for churches to stay closed in America. There's hardly anybody left in their churches. Pastors who fought for the closure of churches. 
go to their churches. There's nobody left. And they wonder why. Amen. Is there a question? Anybody agitated? Make my day. Because if you think I'm in this just to give you little goosebump kumbaya messages, you're wrong. There's many other churches who do that. Who, who stroke your ego and who are purposely oblivious to what is happening in our world. And who will just look the other way while you do whatever you want to do. Not yet. We will continue to stand for God and we will continue to defend the faith and we will continue to be vocal whether people like it or not. Because the future of our children's faith is at stake. Are you listening? So if you've not gone to the website and filled in the petition, please, as a toch no man. You can buy on a good gaan tuk op social media. How can you hierdie ding nie jou vingerkies gaan druk en, en, en jou stemmekie laat hoor op social media nie? Ek beledig jy nie nou vir jou nie. Ek sê vir jou, jy moet wakker word as a christen. Ophou sit en dink en jou eie besluit te neem wanneer het kom by Godse Koninkryk en die saak van God. En raak betrokke, of jy nou van my hoofd nie. Misschien nou ook minder van jou. So, asjeblief. Judges chapter 2, that's where I'm reading. Bible says in verse 7, So the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua, all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord which he had done for Israel. Now Joshua the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord died and he, when he was 110 years old. So some of us are still going to live a long life. Say amen tonight, somebody in Jesus' name. And we are going to fight for, the, for these future generations like Caleb. We're going to fight. We still have a lot of bite left, a lot of fight in Jesus' name. We're going to fight for you whether you like it or not. You'll thank me in heaven one day. You might criticize me down here, but one day you're going to have to walk up and say, donkey, donkey, donkey. Now you can't, but one day you are going to. You are going to thank those leaders who had the guts, who stood up for you, and the leaders who chose not to be popular, but to be effective and to have impact. You're going to thank them because your children will benefit by it. So they buried him with his, within his border of his inheritance of Timnah-Eres in the mountains of Ephraim on the north side of Mount Gaish. So my generation one day will be no more. Who's going to follow? <laughs> well, they should be around already even if they're working on my staff, even if they're sitting in the pew, they should already have exceptional influence, footprints in what they do for God. They should already have a tall shadow. Your age has nothing to do with it. You can be 23 and have a tall shadow. You can be 80 years old and have no shadow, meaning no character, no impact. So, so everybody's sitting and saying, I'm waiting for my time. 
What do you mean you're waiting for your time? Your time has come the day that you were born. This is your time. What are you waiting for? I'm waiting for somebody to recognize me. Hey, God's already recognized you. Get busy. Get busy with what you have. Get busy where you are. Be faithful where you are. Be loyal where you are. Serve where you are. Have impact where you are. Don't think one day when I have my own church. No, nothing is going to change. Or one day when I have my own business, nothing is going to change. Because you're going to take yourself wherever you go. Start having impact where you are today. Because if you don't, if the voices that are significant now are taken out of the equation, what voices are left? Who? Who are the people that can get attention? Who are the people that will stand up? Not seek this popularity. Social media has destroyed you by giving you an inflated ego as a young person. By trying to play to people's likes. And your world collapses if there's a dislike. Hey, we don't play for the audience down here. We play for one, the audience of one. We play for God. We don't seek popularity down here. We seek to obey our God. We seek to have impact for God for generations to come. And if you stand for God, you better believe that you're not gonna be Mr. Popular, Mr. Light, Mr. Smiling Purple. You're gonna have to sometimes put on the face of a lion. You're gonna have to sometimes be unpopular among your friends and speak up for the sake of God's kingdom in Jesus' name. So what generation will take over the baton one day? Because when I look at the world and uh, the prototypes, and I don't criticize America, some of my greatest friends are in America, but to see how many churches are collapsing and how this cool, 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 cool vibe has now just imploded. How this, we just wanna be cool and different as a generation. What a hogwash. It's the same Bible. It's the same old time religion that says surrender your life to Jesus Christ, repent and be baptized and turn away from your sin and confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life and be baptized in the power of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, you can be so cool that every coke that you walk past freezes. It's not gonna change anything. You need the power of the Holy Ghost. You need a revelation of who Jesus is. You need an authentic encounter with the living God. You need God's hand upon your life if you're going to have impact. And that means, my brother, you are going to go through a season where people criticize you, where people try to stop you, where people uh, betray you. Are you ready for it? Ready to be used by God? I love you. Thank you for being with us on TV. I know you've got to go. It's not a game. Get yourself back in church. And uh, I know you can flip the channel. There's many other people who preach, will preach. Look warmness in you. I'm not going to do this. I love you. God bless you. Amen.
You know, when I was um, 20 years old, I asked myself the question, when, when, and I never went into the ministry to be popular. All I wanted to do was serve God. As a matter of fact, I used to cry out to God at the foot of my bed and I said, God, if you don't, if you don't want to use me, I don't even want to exist. So strong was God's call on my life and the fire consumed me. I cried out with tears. Use me, God, or I don't want to exist. I don't want to want to live if I can't serve you. That was God's calling. That consumed me. I see ministers today, young ministers, and they say all the right words, etc., but they have no substance, no fire. They've never spent hours at the foot of the bed where they cried out to God because somehow they think, because they got things easy, that they're going to get the anointing easy. You're not. It comes through seeking God. It comes through sacrifice. It comes through tarrying in the presence of God. It comes to desiring God's glory and God's presence more than anything else in your life. It comes to yielding to the call of God and then the journey, which is never the journey I would have chosen myself. And that's why I say to people, when people talk about, I have a dream, but I almost want to say, hey, 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 let's just leave the dream. Let's just live from day to day. Let's just be faithful today because your faithfulness today will determine where God takes you tomorrow. Let's stop living out there. God's called me to be a great apostle. God's called me to be a this. God's called me to be a that. Let's just shelf all those things and, and let's just, Get busy with life and get busy with today and serve where you are today. Have impact where you are today. Take the right steps today in the right direction today. Be faithful when nobody is watching today and you will see how God will promote you and how God will reward you. But you carry this big dream. One day I'm going to do this and this and this and this and this and this and today you are doing nothing. It's a pie in the sky. It's not attainable because you are not walking today. You're not loyal today. You're looking for an opportunity somewhere else all the time. And you don't realize that sometimes it's the very prison that shapes you and builds you, that purifies you and refines you to be the man that will stand for God one day when it's unpopular. The suffering you experience now is good for you. The not being noticed today is good for you because it's killing your pride. It's killing your ego. It's killing what is bad and will destroy you one day when God puts you in the place where God has for you. But we don't want to hear that. We're a generation that are entitled. We're a generation that are told again and again by politicians, you've lost out, you're hard done by, you deserve anything and you, you, everything must come without effort. You don't have to be a performer. You don't have to be the best. You don't have to be better. So somehow you think you're just gonna walk in a boardroom as Mr. Average or Miss Average. Let me tell you, it's not the world how the world operates out there. The Bible says the righteous is better. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego were 10 times better. They worked harder. They were smarter. Joseph was more faithful, more loyal, more diligent in everything he did. So he got the king's attention. He was faithful where he was. God said, I can use him. David, 
faithful where he was, something this generation has to learn. Not jumping from church to church, girlfriend to girlfriend, boyfriend to boyfriend. Can't settle down in anything, job to job. Your heart is always scanning the horizon for something else. You've been messed up. You have to come to the rock Christ. You have to be broken to be built, to have the life of Christ. You have to go through the furnace, through the fire, so that when God uses you, you don't forget you're just the donkey that Jesus uses. And you live as the director of that company for the glory of God. The platform God gave you, you now use for the glory of God. You don't become self-absorbed, self-consumed, self-important, because now you've bought a house in a certain estate and actually all you say is, I'm a wannabe. I wanna be important. You don't even realize that you are the most important human being alive on planet Earth as a child of God. Your significance is not the car that you drive, the house you live in, the brand that you wear. Your significance comes through Christ. But how shallow can we be when we derive our significance and the level of our happiness through our accomplishments? Then you're never gonna be a happy person. Because you always think there's something that has to make me happy. And the Bible does not promise you happiness. The Bible promises you joy. Hallelujah. Unspeakable joy filled with grace and glory. Hallelujah. Joy that the world cannot give you and joy that the world cannot take away from you. Joy, unspeakable joy in the midst of trial and tribulation. And not only that, God promises you peace in the midst of the worst trial and tribulation. If your pursuit will be for God and for the glory of God and for the kingdom of God and not what you think God owes you and what the world owes you. Like people get disillusioned with God because it's like God's not done them right. And Jesus corrects that. He says, don't talk about your accomplishments. Rejoice. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. You are forgiven. You are born again. You are justified. You're a child of God. Rejoice. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Be a generation that celebrates what God has done for you. You may not have the perfect job. You may have no job. It doesn't mean you're not significant. It doesn't mean you don't have a voice. It doesn't mean you don't have a future. But while you wait, in a place of disillusionment, disappointment, you're never gonna be the light that God needs you to be. And right now, young person, God needs you to be the light. And right now, young person, the reason you don't go club with somebody else is for that person's sake. Maybe you feel like doing it, but you don't do it because for that person's sake, right? You're fighting not for yourself. You're fighting for your brother. You're fighting for your sister. You're fighting for your children. You're fighting for your parents. There are certain things you don't do, not for your sake. You do it for the sake of your brother. You do it for the sake of future generations. Come on, parents. That's why you cannot live the way you used to live before you got saved. They have to see the change in you. You have to be different at home. Your language has to be different. The way you live, what you do should be different because you are impacting your sons and your daughters. 
So when you are gone, forget me about me, when you are gone, what is left behind? Your children, how will they serve the Lord? I know many of you sitting here tonight, your parents don't serve the Lord and your faith will bring them into church and it's happened through our ministry a lot. And that's incredible. Because it's like you were never raised in the ways of God. I'm not criticizing your parents, but that was a generation like my parents who sat in bed and sent me to church. I didn't go. Because I said, what the heck? I took the offering and bought sweets. And they say, I was church. I say, like, come on. Right? What van your ma? You don't drink, what van your pa? Huh? So what generation is rising? I believe the greatest generation, I do believe it. I believe we are poised for the greatest revival. But there are certain things that have to be adjusted and changed. We have to get serious with God, if it makes any sense. We have to get serious. You are not this exclusive generation that will get anything from God without hunger, commitment, sacrifice, and total dedication. Nothing is just gonna drop on you. Salvation came for free. The rest, you have to seek, you have to knock, you have to hunger, you have to ask, you have to press in until you receive what only God can give you. Not your father, not your mother, not a pastor, not a prophet. They can prophesy over you all the days of your life and it will do nothing. I can lay hands on you until you are bald. It's not going to change anything in your life. You need your own encounter with Jesus Christ. You need Jesus Christ to become the most real person in your life. You have to fall in love with Jesus Christ. Listen, more than you love your friends, more than you love your culture, more than you love your girlfriend, more than you love anything else, you need to love Jesus yourself. And until that day, nothing much will change permanently in your life. Because you will always be looking for something. So Moses serves God. His generation never did. Joshua catches something from Moses where he goes with Moses into the presence of God. That's why the church is so important. We can't do this Christian thing by ourselves. We can't do this thing in our homes online and keep our children out of Sunday school. Cannot do it. We spoke about it when we drove back from Johannesburg this morning that we all learned the Bible in Sunday school. Today people know more about Harry Potter than Twilight. Then what's all this other nonsense that everybody's into? Twinkle, twinkle, little star, what else? That everybody can talk about. They know everything. Game of Thrones, they know every character in Game of Thrones. Do you know the characters of the Bible? Do you know the heroes of faith? Do you know the giants of faith in the Bible? Do you know what the Bible says? Do your children know what the Bible says? Or do they know the children's program better than they know the Bible? That children's program will not secure them. What will secure their future is their knowledge of the Word of God 
and their revelation of God and their commitment to the Word of God, nothing else. That's why in my house, my children did not watch TV. Uh-huh. We weren't those parents that just plonked them in front of television and allowed them to watch anything. We selected their programs and that was it. Some of your kids, their eyes are square. They watch TV all the time. Some of them are playing video games or whatever games they play now all the time. Xboxes and all this kind of nonsense. That's their world. The question is, what does your child know about Jesus? What do you know about Jesus? What do you know about the Word of God? What do you know about your, your, your faith lineage? <laughs> I have to say this. It just amazes me when I meet people. Excuse me for the black-white thing because you know I don't believe any of this nonsense. But when black people say Christianity is a white man's religion, then I think, really? Jesus was in the Middle East. So let's just can that. But I'm a communist. But where do you think communism comes from? From a white man. From a European. From a, 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 a Russian. Karl Marx. That sold people an ideology. Hello? Yes. Jesus is the white man's indoctrination. And communism is a white man's ideology. Hello? So next time somebody says to you, well, Jesus is a white man's thing, say, and communism? Where does it come from? Hello? I'm going to have to behave myself now. Let me say amen. Otherwise, I'm going to offend some of you badly here tonight. Um, people that hate white people and follow communism. Can you explain that? People that white, white people don't belong in South Africa, but you follow communist ideology that comes from white people, that the leader of that is destroying the lives of millions and millions and millions of people. You okay with that? You think evil has a color? You think the, the, the rule of Satan is color-coded? No. He's a master at division. He's a master at deception. He's a master at highlighting differences like now, vaccinated, unvaccinated. Well, if you're vaccinated, why are you afraid of an unvaccinated person? If you believe in the vaccine, what are you afraid about? You're vaccinated. You've got your two shots. You've had your 10 booster shots. You're wearing a triple mask. What are you afraid of? I mean, the government assured you, take the vaccine and you're safe. You have nothing to be afraid of. Why are you afraid to come to church with unvaccinated people? Doesn't even make sense to anybody that has more than two brain cells. No, it does not. So when that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord nor the works which he had done for Israel. Do you know your Christian heritage? 
do you respect those that have gone before you? Those that have, that have sacrificed for you to hear the gospel in a nation like South Africa? Do you have respect for generations that are not yet born? Do you have the understanding that you now are alive and with that comes responsibility, not just to live your life and be an architect or be a doctor or be something which is all great. It's your life that God gave you on this earth. But what should overshadow all of that is your faith. That's what the Bible talks about. Your faith. Your faith. Your Christianity. Your beliefs. Your unwillingness to allow your children to be polluted by a socialistic, liberal education system that will confuse your child at school. I mean, in Canada, it's so bad now that you cannot call your little girl a girl. You cannot call your little boy a boy. And many South African doctors ran to Canada for freedom. What freedom do they have now? Because they didn't want the black government. What freedom do they have now? They don't have freedom. They may have money, but their freedom has been taken away from their children. They've paid a price. Their children have no future. Their children cannot speak up for Jesus Christ. Their children cannot hear the Bible. That's not a price that I want to pay. I want to defend the place where God has positioned me. I want to defend this holy ground. I want to secure a future for my children and my children's children. Oh, come on, somebody. You better agree with me tonight and give the Lord a praise in Jesus' name. The battle is the Lord's, yes, but the responsibility is yours. If you don't show up, God can do nothing. Amen. It's an urgent hour. Um, it grieves me when I see young people um, just don't move ahead. I'm not talking about it economically, etc. Spiritually. Because I wasn't like that. And my generation who got saved with me, we were not like that. We got totally saved, radically saved, and we committed. We didn't go to parties. We didn't go drink. We didn't go jaw. We didn't have one foot in the world and another foot in the church. We surrendered our lives totally to Christ. And our friends knew it. I don't want to say our girlfriends, but our girlfriend knew. Huh? You're sitting in church tonight. Does your boyfriend know you're radically saved and radically surrendered to Christ? Sometimes young people take people out of our church because the church, they take those young people to do not address this. Especially the guys. They come here, then they target a girl in this church and they hear me. Dan vip hy homself. Want niemand sê vir hom niks nie. Dan sê vir hom my sê, nee, ek like nie hierdie kerk nie. Eindelijk wat hy nie like nie, is elke keer as ek preek, na die dienst, dan sê hy my sê vir hom, kyk hier so man, jy sit nie jou hand vir op my nie. 
dan sê, ek is nie gemakkelijk in hy kerk nie, sy vlees, want hy is nie committed nie, he's not committed, he's not serious about God, are you? Are you totally surrendered? Is there something out there that you think you're missing out? Then go. Go explore. Go lose yourself. Go. Hopefully you find your way back to God. But somewhere, every single one of you will have to make a decision. What you believe, where you stand, and whether Jesus Christ is worth surrendering your life to. Totally. And I'll tell you, every young person that ever did that, when they stand before a, a council, then as virgins, is the most beautiful thing that you see. And I don't say if you lost your virginity, God can't restore that, etc. But then, you know, you just have to get back with God. Surrender for the sake of your friends, for the sake of your relatives, for the sake of your brother, for the sake of your sister. You have to defend the faith by defending your faith, by standing for Jesus Christ, by standing when it's unpopular. If people force you into an environment and everybody does it, why should you? If everybody snorts cocaine, why should you snort cocaine? If the culture in that company is sleep with one of the directors to get promotion, why would you sell out to sleep with one of those foul, filthy directors to get ahead in life? Why would you bow to that foul intimidation that the world propagates? Is God not able to get you your promotion without you losing yourself, without losing your dignity? Is God not able to secure your future without you playing the game that everybody else is playing in the game? Are you not a child of the living God? Are you not chosen by God, called by God, appointed by God, anointed by God for this hour? That is why you do not sell out to the world and to the pressure of this world because you are different. You are a light shining in the midst of a crooked and a perverse generation. You change the culture in that company. You say no to that director. You say no to the pressure. You say no to the sugar daddy. You say no to a life of compromise. You break it by the power of the Holy Ghost. And you live for the glory of God because your children's future are at stake. The other people in that company that know what you are getting up to their future is at stake. So stop, stop, stop and become a light. Be a voice in Jesus' name. This world never died for you. This world doesn't own you. You were bought with a price, the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And that means you do not sell out to anyone or to anything. You do not lose your identity, your self-worth, your dignity for the sake of anyone. I'm talking to ladies here tonight. That man may promise you the world you don't sell out to that person. You don't sell out to anybody in Jesus' name. Amen. You are a temple of the Holy Ghost. You're a child of the living God. You are born again. You are the generation this world is waiting for. 
Bible says all of creation groans and travails waiting for the manifestation of the sons and the daughters of God. You are that son, you are that daughter, you are that generation that people are waiting for. If you will stand up for God, you will be amazed how those people will get saved. That director will repent. The other women will stop sleeping with the directors in that company. Everything will change in that company and that man even will get saved in the Name of Jesus. You don't have to sleep with somebody to sell a house. Sell their house, don't sell yourself. You don't need to dress low and behold to get the business. I had a lady came and saw me once. My staff are very good. When a lady comes to my office for counseling with a lo and behold dress, they quickly cover her. And this girl came and she was a pure girl, but she came with one of those lo and behold tops. I said, what are you doing? She said, pastor, it's called power dressing. I said, what? What are you selling? No, men can't concentrate. You know, if, if they have to sign the contract, you just sit a certain way and, and they just sign. Is, is that your fame? Your claim to fame? Is that it? Huh? Or is it trusting in God, God's grace, God's goodness? And you keep your virtue and you keep your dignity as a child of God, amen? Oh, come on, say amen, young person. In the name of Jesus Christ, you keep yourself. Called power dressing. He said, girl, you better stop the power dressing because it's not going to work for you. Amen. Where are you tonight? I'm in church, not I asked you. Where are you in all of this? What is your understanding of all of this? What is your commitment? Not your friend that is sitting there fidgeting all the time, especially not the boy that is sitting next to you in church. Forget them, man. I'm asking you, where are you? When we talk about fighting, we have to fight from a place of strength, right? We have to fight from a place of knowing who we are and whose we are. And that means we have to return to God if we left the way, if we left the path. We have to commit, re-surrender, give it all to God, and then own up and speak up and tell that person no more. Go to your friends and tell them, uh-uh, we're not clubbing on Fridays anymore. Sunday we're going to church. Say Amen. So if, if, if my generation did it when we were your age, why can't you do it? Hmm. And if something doesn't radically change in you, what are you going to um, steward and leave for the next generation? You know those friends that you hang out with that you think are so great? Do you know that 10 years from now they're not going to feature in your life? Five years? But Jesus 
always will be somewhere in the equation, whether you've abandoned Him or whether you follow Him passionately. You're always gonna think about Him sometimes, always, for the rest of your life, you're always gonna think about Him, always. You're not gonna think about somebody else, you forget people. So tonight, I want every head bowed, every eye closed, please, no one moving. In all our churches across South Africa, I say this because God needs you. It's not to criticize you. It's not to point out your wrongs and your faults and your flaws. Jesus died for your sin. He died to redeem you. I'm saying these things because God needs you. God needs you to be a Shadrach, a Meshach and a Abednego, a Daniel in your generation. God needs you. Your friends need you. Even the very ones that don't want you to come to church need you to be a Christian because they're watching you. They're watching whether your faith is real. They're watching. And soon they will serve God with the same fervor. Make a decision tonight. The areas of your life that you haven't surrendered, surrender it tonight. I don't care how many times you have to surrender Surrender until you have fully surrendered. Surrender every area to Jesus Christ tonight. Every head bowed, every eye closed, on moving. You say, Pastor, I need a fresh start with God. I need a new beginning. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe tonight if you died, you don't know where you would spend eternity. Jesus loves you. And He offers you life. And I'll say it again, I started tonight. Paul says, your faith is more precious than gold, than silver, silver than any jewel, than anything, than the color and diamond, whatever. Your faith is more precious and your faith should be protected and your faith should be passed on to your children. Your faith, your faith is your most prized possession. You sit here tonight, there in Bloomfontein, in Johannesburg, and all the other churches tonight, you say, Pastor, I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want to give it all to Him. I need a fresh start. I wandered away from God, but I'm back. If that's your desire tonight, you want to give your life to Jesus, surrender your life to Christ, come back to Jesus. If that's your desire tonight, forget the people around you, quietly wherever you are. Just lift your hand. I want to pray for you. Slip your hand up quickly. Say yes, that's me. Quickly. Raise it up all over this place. Raise it. Raise it. Thank you. Many hands everywhere. God bless you. Bless you. Bless you. God bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Raise your hand now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You know, the wonderful thing about the Bible is friends can lead one another down the wrong path or they can lead one another on the right path. You can commit yourself as friends tonight and you can go home and burn the dacha and burn the trash and commit yourself to be a Daniel, a Shadrach, a Meshach and a Bednego and make it easier for all yourself, for yourself and stand for Him because God needs you. The world needs you. Your friends need you. You've not yet raised your hand. You say, count me in tonight. I'm surrendering my life to Christ. Lift your hand now all over this place. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. 
What a great honor to pray with all of you. Sevorech, a bijzonder sevorech. Ach, ek wil ook so doen dan iets in Afrikaans sê. So, don't call me a racist because I say, you say things in Kosa Zulu, Tswana. So, so noem dan kan ek ook sê, hallelujah. We love you. Jesus loves you. You are the hope of the world. Your friends. You stand before a throne of grace. We sang that song. We come freely before the throne of grace. There's no judgment. There's forgiveness. There's freedom. But with forgiveness comes responsibility. Everybody Jesus reached, He said, go tell your friends. The man of, of, of Decapolis, the man of the Gadarenes, 10 cities. He wanted to hang out with Jesus. Like some Christians, they just want to kumbaya. He said, no. Go to your friends. Go tell them how great things the Lord has done for you. And that man evangelized 10 cities. The woman at the well of Samaria. She found Jesus. She ran to the city and told everybody. How can we be silent about our faith? There's no Christianity like that. When Jesus is real, we take Him to our world. We talk to people about Him as and when prompted by the Holy Ghost. That's what we do. That's who we are. Put your hand on your heart tonight. All you beautiful people standing at the altar there in Blumena in the many hundreds all over our country tonight and pray this. Pray this with all your heart tonight. Say, Lord Jesus, tonight I give my heart back to you. I surrender every area of my life to you tonight. I ask you for a new heart. I accept you tonight as my Lord and Savior. I believe you died for my sin. I believe you rose from the grave. I do believe you are alive tonight. I say it. Here I am. You can have it all. Every part of me. Use me now. Fill me with boldness, with the Holy Spirit to reach my friends. I receive your forgiveness. I receive cleansing from every sin. And I receive a new beginning. And because you love me and you forgave me, I now forgive everyone that sinned against me. Please forgive them. Those who hurt me, those who sinned against me, forgive them, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you for your love your grace and your mercy in my life from today. Make me an instrument for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. And upon your confession, your sins are forgiven you. May the love of God, the grace of our Lord Jesus and the presence of the Holy Spirit fill your life from today. May you never be the same again. May the hold and the power of Satan and sin be broken over your life by the blood of Jesus Christ and by the power of the Holy Ghost. May every soul tie, every emotional tie be broken over your life. May guilt, shame and condemnation be removed from your life and your mind. I declare that you are free. For whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Go and sin no more in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah.
We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless. 